1: and joining us now is former georgia bulldog friend of the show nfl player And just an all-around good guy, Matt Stitchcomb. He joins us here in the locker room on the fan, 680-937-FM. Stinch, we get to the college football quarter mark when you start looking at uh, where teams want to be. You don't want to be one of those teams that's 0-4, 1-3. You get to 4-0, you really start setting the table. Um, You talk about, you know, first with the Georgia Bulldogs, they get a chance to see a decent defense Offense shouldn't scare them. The only thing I think makes this a game is if Georgia gets off to a slow start and there's some sloppiness. But even when they've been slow, they haven't been tremendously sloppy, and they keep going north of 40 points.
0: Yeah. Well, so so basically, if, if Georgia plays the way that they've played in most games so far this week this year, then uh, it could be a good game uh, because they've been kind of slow and they've played you know, kind of sloppy. I mean, not super sloppy, but sloppy enough to maybe keep it interesting. Um, This is definitely a defense that can score on you. We've seen that. Uh, They've got, you know, decent linebacker play at Auburn. You nailed it. There's there's not a lot of uh, offensive threats, Um, at least not right now. They can't seem to figure out their passing game. 200 total yards of offense. And they left some yards on the field last week versus a and I mean, there were some there were some throws that they they could have made. Um, guys running wide open, and they either just missed or just flat out didn't see them, didn't get to them uh, because of the A&M blitz package. So it's just um, you know Auburn right now is trying to figure things out offensively, and it's kind of late in the season to still be doing that. But they are. And When you see three different quarterbacks in a game. You know, that offense isn't necessarily clicking. And it it wasn't in a runaway victory, right? You're not like you're emptying the bench. You're just searching for answers. So, you know, they should not face a ton of scoring pressure. But you're right. I mean, if if Georgia goes in there and slops around and and literally a rivalry game and games where we've seen the underdog outperform, uh, find ways to win uh, when they got no business doing it. So it could make for a lot more interesting ball game, especially given the formula you just laid out there is kind of descriptive of how Georgia has started a lot of their games this year. Stinch, you're going to be with uh and and Arkansas this weekend. I had a chance to see AM play live a couple of weeks ago down in South Florida, and I was impressed with the weaponry they have. But huge news yesterday, they lose Connor Wegman for the year, which means Max Johnson's there. How do you see that game playing out? Is a and a team you think that can maybe upset some
1: people in the West, even with a backup quarterback?
0: Yeah, yeah. and I don't really view Max Johnson as as much of a backup. Um, You know, Jimbo Fisher referenced it in the game. You know, the backup's got to be ready. And the word out of that whole summer camp coming into the season was that the quarterback competition was, we'll call it close, but I'm not sure from, from what I understood that Johnson performed really well, but that Connor Wegman's got more runway in front of him. And so maybe you just lean that way and expect him to to make up ground early in the season. I don't think that quarterback play is is going to impact Texas A and M's trajectory. I mean the play itself will. Who's at quarterback now? I don't know that it's you know, at at worst it's a lateral move we'll say. You know, oftentimes you got a guy in there and uh, it's well, you know, we gotta we gotta engineer this offense around, you know, our quarterback now because our starter's out and and all the things. You know, it's like one A, one B. Maybe it's like one A and then one A. You know, it just doesn't matter who rolls out there. One guy's right-handed, the other guy's left-handed. Johnson's mobile. He's not quite the runner that Wegman is, but I wouldn't say that it's appreciably different. And that offense looked a lot better uh, when Johnson got in there. Now some of that's you know coming out of half. It's not just oh well, here's the new guy. Now all of a sudden the offense is clicking. Um, but I don't I don't think that A and M's prospects are impacted as much as maybe most teams would be this season losing their starting quarterback. Cause they kind of had two starters, I guess you could call it, but you know, the weaponry is you're right. You know, the guys out wide, if Evan Stewart's healthy, um, then they've got a shot. I mean, the Thomas kid in the red zone at six, six, you know, you're not going to have many guys. I mean, I don't even care if you're rolling coverage, it just doesn't matter. Uh, he's he high points balls really well. It's just a really difficult, um, It's a really difficult pass to defend with a target like that. Um, And, you know, they're growing into a couple of the other positions, especially running back, where it's been kind of by committee, so they're helping the quarterback out. Something that Wegman didn't really get to enjoy for very long this season uh, is a running game to take some of the pressure off of him. They're throwing it more than anybody else in the conference per game, and I think that they'll probably have to continue versus you know an Arkansas team that's better than their record, would tell you, and it, we'll see how healthy Arkansas is in this game. They haven't had Rocket Sanders for most of the year. He might be the best back in the conference.
1: To piggyback, out, piggyback off of that uh, stench, is this a Jimbo Fisher offense when you were looking at film, or is it a Bobby Petrino-type offense? Do you think that it's all about Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher? It's hands-off, or what do you see when you watch film?
0: Yeah, I I think well, I, you know, it's it's you know, Joe, it's hard to be like, oh, well, you know, this is definitely so and so um because everybody's stealing from everybody and <laughs> you know, the, the good ones uh you know, the good ones are going to shape it around what they have. Um but I will say that there's you know, there's a couple of plays where you'll see them I and everybody, you know, folks will have it in there, but it's when they show up. So, you know, I even see some, you know, we were talking with Sam Pittman the other day and he was talking about it. Um, but there's just plays that pop up that are kind of pet plays for certain play callers and they just like it. Like, you know, I just, you know, this is a concept that I like. And one of them is they will go formation into the boundary and run, we would call it like bunch crunch or toss crunch or something right? where you put a bunch formation into the boundary. And then those receivers are kind of crashing down and you pull a couple of linemen or maybe a tight end from the, from the core, from the tackle box, and you create the alley. And it's just one-on-one with the safety, or oftentimes a corner for your running back. And it's just, and it's just this big pile of humanity in this small patch of grass, and you just see what happens. And, you know, that's, a, that's like a Jim Cheney staple. How many times when he was at Georgia for, for the listenership here, did he run that play? And then Nick Chubb just squirts out for, you know, 60 or 70 yards out of this big pile of who knows what. And and ms running that. That's not a – you don't see that out of them. They had it in there, I'm sure. I mean, it's not like it's new to them. But the fact that it emerges, I think that's where it pops up, where it's like, look, everybody's got all this stuff. None of these concepts are like, oh, you know, I never, I never thought about that. I never thought to do that. Never seen that play before. But it's the fact that it makes it – into the game plan or that it makes it into the play call during the game that you think, oh, you know who that is? You know, that's that's Chaney or somebody getting in somebody's ear and uh, or pregame even and just being like, hey, you know, this is something that I like this week uh, versus these guys. So that's the cool part. So you see a little bit of – I think the long and short of it is you see a lot of everybody, but there's a lot of really good offensive minds when you think about it piling into that Texas A&M play call.
2: Then for me, I'm a little bit more on edge with Georgia this year because I think that if they have a slip-up game in the regular season, if they lose, it may be the difference in them not getting in the playoff or not because of the strength of schedule. Uh, do you f- look at that the same way? Do you feel the same way? Is there any margin for error in this strength of schedule or in this schedule for Georgia? Do they have to run the regular season uh, and be perfect?
0: I don't think so, but I, but I do think – I think the margin there is narrower. And, and my caveat is, so you drop a game, you got to make it to the conference championship game most likely. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to find – and win it, right? You can't go in there and right. – um, and, and it depends on the rest of the landscape, right? So we can slap a bunch of caveats on there and be like, nope, nope, they could lose two games, but everybody else has to lose four and whatever. But the likelihood is – that if it's the typical landscape where you got maybe an undefeated from another one of the power five conferences, a conference champion, um, or even a one loss, but it's a pretty one loss, you know, what does that look like for that team? You know, I think that there's, there's still that real chance of, um, of Georgia getting in there. If, if the SEC championship is the launch pad that it it almost annually is um, because of the competition that you're getting out of the West. The, the hard part for me is the West has already taken on water. I mean, you, you've got a, a one loss Bama. You've got a one loss LSU. You've got a one loss a I mean, those are your top three contenders out of the West division, and they've already lost, and they're all, you know, non-con uh, losses. And so people could easily be like, yeah, I mean, how impressive is that? See, so you beat one of these West division teams, they got to be ranked really highly, and it would have to be a good-looking win, I think, for that championship to be a, a springboard into the playoff. Because, I, you know, we may have talked about this before. I think the national sentiment is, wouldn't it be cool in the last year of this playoff format to freeze out the SEC? Let's get some other teams in there. You know, let's, let's, let's see if we can't, you know, diversify geographically. Before everything blows up and conferences change and all that other stuff, you know, let's let's get a, a not a, a playoff where there's no SEC team in there because we we've had plenty of SEC championships that end up being the national championship. We got two SEC teams battling out for all of it. You know, maybe one year we get none of them. I'm not I'm not sure that people would be. You know, I think they'd be fired up at that opportunity.
2: There's three remaining undefeated teams in the SEC, and they all reside in the SEC in the East. East. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Georgia, Kentucky, and Missouri. Missouri and Kentucky, and I know you've had a chance to see Missouri up close. If you had to buy stock in Kentucky or Missouri or not buy stock in any of them, how would you for the rest of the year choose to go about? Are you on? Are you thinking Missouri's got a higher ceiling or Kentucky?
0: Man, I love that you built me an escape hatch. Boy, I, I would just love—I would just love to be like, you know what? I'll sit it out. I'll just put my money in a mason jar and hope it—hope it works out. Um, mason jar. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna buy any stock, right? I'm Just gonna put it under the front porch. I, man, I, I guess I would say, I would probably go Missouri. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think it's because you know, Brady Cooks impressed me. Uh, I mean, he's—he's he's not. A ref- he's not super refined. You know, the guy loves Luther Burden. Who wouldn't? Uh, he's, they're kind of fixated on him, but they're starting to spread it around a little bit more. They did that when we had him a couple of weeks ago in the 61-yard field goal game. That defense is salty. They're not great um, out wide, but I like their front a lot. I think the Hopper kid's a really good linebacker. Um, I don't think it. I know it. He's, that's the way he's played it this year. That guy can play. Uh, Darius Robinson's a good player uh, up front. Um, so I, I, think, I think Blake Baker is one of the best defensive coordinators in college football, so he's doing a lot with less. So I, I would probably say Missouri. I think that there's a chance that Missouri goes into Athens this year as, at, at worst, a one-loss team mm-hmm. to LSU. Yeah. And, and to me, the, there's you know Kentucky right now, offensively at least, Devin Leary is feeling his way through games, yeah. and, and it's, it, he hasn't always done a great job you know a lot of it's been the court the, they say the receivers and the routes but you know there have been some bad balls from Leary, some bad decisions and the run game's just not there right now of all the offenses in the conference guys i mean missouri's is the one where you're like gosh i mean i think they might be the most threatening in both phases yeah, Sh- know, schrader's to, leading to, to the sec in
2: rushing i didn't i didn't have yeah. missouri having the leading rusher the first month of the season <laughs>
0: No, right, <laughs> and you think, and people go, like, "Well, oh, the Tennessee ground game, yeah, I like the Tennessee ground game better than Missouri's, but I like Missouri, and what Missouri's done in the passing game, and their weapons out wide from a production standpoint more than I like Tennessee's, so it's just uh if I had to pick an offense right now where you're going defensively which one it gives you the most difficulty in both phases uh from a production standpoint, it would be Missouri's, probably more than just about any other that we've seen in the conference this year."
1: Good stuff, Stinch. Look forward to a good weekend of college football, and we look forward to talking to you next week. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Matt Stinchcomb, he joins us every Thursday here in the locker room on The Fan, 680 three seven fm Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.